everybody, you are tuning in to the Committed Youth Podcast, the official podcast of the high school student ministry of Calvary La Habra in La Habra, California. Don't forget to subscribe or follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date as we release new episodes. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know that I'm Kevin Malgar and I am here to host today's discussion. And in our last episode, we had Jay, Lisa, and Matt. They were here to talk a little bit about dating. And in today's episode, we are just having an extension of that discussion. And I have with me a couple to talk about their dating experiences in high school. So you might recognize this couple if you have been around our youth group. They are the dynamic duo who just happened to be related to me. It's Sebastian and Melanie Bosi. How's it going? Hi. Well, it's just to clarify, we're not both related to you. No, 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 no. This isn't that part of the country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's not allowed biblically or uh, by the state of California. <laughs> Uh, So again, we are here, we're going to be diving into a little bit more of the practical aspects of what we talked about in our last episode. But, you know, as with our last episode, because we're talking about the entire dating experience, we do not have any students with us today. But just so everyone listening in knows, the couple with me today has not had a chance to listen to our last episode with Jay and Lisa. So they have... No idea about the questions that are awaiting them. We are going to be playing again uh, the newlywed game for our icebreaker today. And of course, you guys know how this works. You each have a pen and paper. I will ask you to uh, answer a question and write that answer down on the piece of paper. Once you both have your answers, I'll ask you to reveal them. And the goal is for you to have the same answer to the question. So are you guys ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right, so let's get started. So the first question I have for you on this newlywed game is, where were you when you first met? Where were you when you first met? (laughs) All right, so you guys have your answers. Yep. So I'm going to ask you to show me your papers. So Melanie, go ahead and say what you wrote down. I wrote down church. And Sebastian? Church. Yeah. All right. So you guys met at church. So this is, you guys were both at Calvary La Habra at the time, right? You guys were already attending there? I wasn't necessarily attending there. I was visiting. But that's when I met Melanie. It was while I was visiting. Yes. I was... I was attending and involved in the adults ministry, which mm-hmm. is where we met. So uh, just for reference for everybody listening in, if they don't know your full story, how old were you guys when you met? Oh, I was, we were like 20 and 21. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Question number two, question number two of our newlywed game. You guys successfully got through question number one. Question number two is who liked who first? So who liked who first? Go ahead and think about that for a second. Write down your answers. All right. I think we're ready. Okay. So you guys are ready. Go ahead and show me your answer. Sebastian, you can go first this time. I said Melanie liked me first. (gasps) No. (laughs) I said Sebastian liked me first. (laughs) 
Okay, so there's obviously some discrepancy about who liked who first. So you guys care to elaborate on that a little bit? <laughs> well, you you told me when you first met me that you thought I was cute. Yeah, but that's different than liking someone. I had a I had a crush on him. Like I thought he was cute. I actually didn't have a crush on you. I just thought you were cute. I was just like, oh yeah, he's so, cute. Okay, well if that's how we're defining it, then yeah, then yeah, I liked her first then. Because I yeah I I remember seeing him. He was dating someone else at the time, and I was like, "Oh, her boyfriend is cute!" Like in a kind of passive, like you know, just like movie star on TV is cute. Just like a qualitative assessment of his outward appearance. That's all. And um, then I, I didn't really know him, so I couldn't say that I liked him. Later on, I got to know him a little bit better. But I was always like, oh, he's just such a nice guy. Like, he's so cute. He's so nice. But I didn't, I couldn't say that I really, like, liked him, liked him. So, yeah. So, we got, I guess we got that one wrong. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, how would you define liking somebody in, in your terms? Oh, well, I think that you have to know the person in order to like them. You have to know their personality. You have to know their character. I think it's more than just... Oh, that person's so cute in a superficial way, or even we have the same interests. I think it has to be a little bit deeper than that. And so when I got to know him and we had actual conversation, even just from the first night where we had like a full on like three hour conversation after a Bible study, we were just talking about life and God and like, Oh no, I might be liking him, you know? <laughs> later on i was like no yeah i really do like him because everything i saw i was like oh yeah he loves the lord he's passionate about ministry and that's when i was like okay i like like this guy it's not just oh he's cute and bye and i was like no i like him and i want to get to know him more i never get tired of talking to him and so sebastian when was the moment that you would say you liked melanie you know it's uh it's tough to say like there's an exact moment, you know, it's kind of like a process of like getting to know somebody and, and kind of like how Melanie was saying, you know, you get to know their heart and you get to know the character of the person. But in previous interactions of with uh, Melanie back in the day, uh, I knew that she was just a, a higher quality of character than most people just in conversations with her and then getting to know her and then um, finally building up the courage to ask her out over Twitter, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I got to know her as a, as a person and realizing, yeah, I was right. I knew I liked her because I've, I've, I've seen her heart, just, um, the way she used social media as a platform to glorify God. And I could see that she was uh, just a person of high quality. Awesome. Let's move on to our final question. Uh, so you guys are, are one and one for one uh, agree and one disagree. So here's the final question. Number three, where would you say that you guys went on your first official date? First official date, where did you guys go? And I'm seeing some uh, concern in the faces. This is exactly what we ran into uh, with Jay and Lisa as well. It's always hard to pin that down. So for like first official official date, that's where you guys have to define it. Ugh. It's where, where where was your first date? Where was your first date? All right, so take a minute, think about it, ponder. 
take a drive down memory lane, put your hand out the window, feel the breeze. All right, I think I got it. All right, so Sebastian's got his answer. Melanie, are you uh, pretty close to getting yours? Yes, I'm going to say yes. Oh, I hate this so much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Melanie, go ahead and reveal your answer. I'm going to say the Paris crepes in downtown Brea. Oh, I said crepes in Brea. Yeah. Nice. I like it. So you guys you guys mentioned that you went out to Panera and you had that three hour long conversation. Uh, but you would say that's not your first official date. Your official date was uh, actually first at the Crepes and Brea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before going on that date, I actually went over to her house. Well, your house, actually, Kevin. And uh, <laughs> I actually uh, I, I talked to her, I talked to your guys's dad and uh, actually asked for permission to take Melanie out. Um, and so then, like, in my in my opinion, taking that step to really, like, introduce myself, I'm like, hey, this is who I am. I I, I like your daughter. I want to take her out to get to know her better. Um, these are my intentions, and I hope, you know, I can get your blessing on this. And for him to say, like, yeah, go for it. I mean, in my opinion, that's, like, the first, like, all right, here we go. Like, the first legit date. Yeah, that Panera date, it wasn't really – I didn't know it was a date. We were just going to hang out as friends. He – um, had asked if I wanted to check out a Bible study because we were both um, looking for a young adults group at the time. I wasn't able to go to the young adults group at our church because I had class on the nights when um, young adult ministry was meeting. So I was feeling really disconnected first year back in school after a while. And I had posted on Twitter, hey, does anyone know of any good Bible studies? Back then, well, I guess Twitter's still a big thing, but it was a bigger thing back then. Everyone used Twitter. <laughs> and then he actually responded to my question and said, yeah, I'm looking for a Bible study too. And I said, oh yeah, I've heard there's one in La Mirada, but I'm still kind of working up the courage to go. And despite what Sebastian might say, there is there was no ulterior motive there. I was really just <laughs> trying to <laughs> make conversation and say, oh yeah, I'm just trying to work up my courage to go. And then nah, she like, was baiting me out. <laughs> And so then he said, he sent me a direct message, was like, oh my gosh, he sent me a direct message. No, I, I, I sent her a direct message and I, with my phone number and I said, text me when you want to go. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I think like we went like that next week. Yeah, I think he messaged me on a Monday. We texted that entire time, really. And we went out on that Thursday. We went to the Bible study mm-hmm. at a church in La Mirada, which ended up not being what we were looking for, but it actually sparked a lot of good conversation between us. Yeah. We went out afterward. Um, and again, I had no idea it was a date. I really didn't see it as that. I thought it was just, you know, like two friends hanging out, checking out a Bible study. Um, cause that was kind of my experience with guys in the church before that was guys and girls are just friends and it never really goes anywhere. And so, yeah, yeah. just this, this plague of complacent men, <laughs> just uh just being passive you know just not actually you know having the guts to ask a girl out and to say like hey i like you i want to get to know you i want to pursue you uh i don't want to be your friend like like to set the to draw a line in the sand so when i actually did that one day i told her like no 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 like i'm not you're not gonna friend zone me uh you're I like you and I want to get to know you and I'd like to date you. She laughed and ran away. 
Well, obviously you went after her at some point or she came back because you guys are married now. So so what happened after that? <laughs> well, that's a that's a long that's a long, long story with <laughs> probably like three or four times where we called it off and then came back together and then said no and then came back together just trying to find God's timing and uh, eventually ended up working out. And there's a whole lot more to the story that would have to be for another time. But, uh, <laughs> but no, God, God, God is good. And, and uh, his ability to redeem things and to bring people together despite their differences, because there's a commonality in Christ. It's, it's a beautiful, amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I obviously got a chance to have front row seats to your guys's relationship uh, being Melanie's brother, I can say that it's it's been really awesome seeing your journey and seeing um, how God worked in, in both of your lives and both of your hearts uh, to kind of pull you together and, and, you know, have you guys start on this journey of the marriage that you guys are on right now. So uh, I'm super excited, super happy uh, to be able to be talking to you guys about dating. And, you know, we're here talking uh, for the podcast for, you know, hopefully students would be listening in. And you guys have, you know, two different stories as far as high school, right? You guys have different... Just, uh, a, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe even before we, we dive into your experiences with dating in high school, I would want to quickly touch on something that you said, Sebastian. When we were talking with Jay and Lisa uh, on our last episode, we did have a discussion about this whole idea of waiting to date right? Waiting to date can be a good thing because it gives you time Mm -hmm. to prepare yourself and it gives you uh, time to focus on your relationship with the Lord and all of that. But I think there's also a clear distinction between unintentionality in in waiting to pursue a dating relationship and complacency and just not wanting to pursue Mm -hmm. anything. What do you guys think would be the difference in that? Yeah, I think as a girl or as a female growing up in the church and, you know, growing up around a lot of you know, solid guy friends, I think that there can be almost like a leading on sometimes. I I often felt that a friendship was like going a certain direction because it was so close and so deep. And then it just would never go anywhere. Or like you get the dreaded conversation of, oh my gosh, I have something to tell you. And you're like, as a girl, you're like, oh, this is it. This is when it's going to happen. It's going to turn into something And time and time again, it would be like, I just met this amazing girl and I'm going to ask her out. And, you know, it was like, oh, so what have we been doing all this time? You know, having all these deep conversations and text messages and, you know, phone calls or whatever. It was just like, it was very um, disappointing. I really wanted guys to like step up. Like there was a bunch of like single guys and like they like kind of just never asked anyone out. I remember having a conversation with a few friends and this was, I wasn't college at the time. I wasn't in high school. I was in college. I was maybe freshman or sophomore year in college. And we were kind of sitting around talking. And I remember one of my guy friends who said, I won't ask a girl out unless I know for sure that she's going to say yes. And I remember sitting there going, Mm. well, but then you'll never know. Like, how will you know? You're basically (laughs) waiting for her to make the first move. And that's not how it should be. Like the guy is the one who's supposed to pursue and the guy is the one who's supposed to you know, make those first steps. Not that as a girl, you can't, you know, drop subtle hints here and there, but I really, you know, I felt strongly that it wasn't the woman's role to initiate a relationship, to pursue um, something and to really be the one 
calling all those shots because when you look at biblical marriage and what the Bible talks about as the rules of men and women within marriage, the woman is to follow the lead, the headship of her husband. And that's, you know, kind of mirrored in a dating relationship. You're preparing yourself to be married. And so if you can't learn to be led, even in that, it's going to be so much harder when you get into marriage to kind of flip flop those roles and be like, okay, well, all of a sudden I was leading the relationship as a woman and now I have to stop, put the brakes on that. And now I'm married. And so now I have to follow a relationship. Like it's going to be really hard. You know, obviously you don't have any ties to submit to your boyfriend, but it's something that you learn how to respect him um, within dating, within a dating relationship as you prepare for that. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely it's definitely not something that you see a lot anymore with young men in 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 our generation, especially in like in, in newer generations that are coming up. Is like you don't see you don't see a lot of drive, you know, in this in this area. You know, like Melanie was saying, like you know, somebody said like I'm not going to ask a girl out unless I know she's going to say yes. That's that kind of sucks because you know, I look at that and I and I think like how will you ever know like like if that's how you if that's how you you know, if that's how you tackle life, then you're going to be stuck in your room all day because you're not going to make any decisions or choose to do anything because you're too afraid of of being told no or or something not working out. I had previous relationships um that I didn't take seriously. I had a, a, a relationship before where I could say I was, you know, quote unquote, a Christian, but you know, I, it wasn't a very godly relationship. And there was a lot of ambiguity and, and, and the relationship was very vague. And both Melanie, I realized that that's not how God loves us. And if the Bible says that men are supposed to lead their wives and, and lead the women they love the way Christ led the church, Christ at no point leaves us doubting. He, his, his words and his promises are true. And he tells us specifically what he's going to do and what's going to happen when he comes back. And if I'm supposed to lead my woman that way, then I can't have her doubting. So I came out and told her straight up, like, I like you. I want to pursue you. I want to date you. Um, these are my intentions being, I, I think that intentionality in dating is, is extremely important. You know, that's the difference between being intentional and then being um, complacent and passive taking that that driver's seat of saying like hey like this is where we're going this is where i want us to go i'd really love for you to come with me and in this direction you know and if he sh- if she says no do you want to know what the worst thing that's going to happen is she says no then all right then you keep going i just i think that, that there's a problem where you know these girls and these these women are left wondering like where is this going like what is happening Girls are just like, I don't even know if he really likes me that way. We're hanging out a lot. We kind of flirt a little bit, but he's never said anything. He's never like showed any other interest than that. You know, that that's horrible. You shouldn't you shouldn't be deceiving one another that way. I don't know if that answered your question, Kevin, but I might have gone a little off topic on a little soapbox there. <laughs> no, yeah, I think definitely uh, there's a lot of stuff within what you guys have mentioned. We talked about with Jay and Lisa about guarding uh, the heart and, and how important that is. You know, Proverbs talks about, you know, guard your heart because out of it flow the wellsprings of life. It's important to guard your heart whenever you're interacting with somebody else that you may be attracted to or you may like uh, on your end, right? You need to be careful about how you approach that and approaching mm-hmm. it the right way in the right timing. But also uh, you need to be careful with the other person's heart, right? The other person's feelings, that's just as important. We're supposed to consider Absolutely. each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, right? So 
being careful that you're not sending the wrong messages to somebody else and and being clear uh, with your intentions and with where you're at, I think is is important. And that's what you guys hit on. We haven't even started to scratch the surface of this conversation, so let's uh, get into it. I want to kind of reset, talk about what were your guys' experiences in high school and in dating? What were kind of your approaches to or experiences with dating in high school? So in high school, I wasn't saved. Uh, I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't going to church. I did not grow up in a Christian home. Uh, I did not grow up reading the Bible. I did not grow up knowing, really knowing who God was. Uh, grew up in a home where we kind of said we were Catholic, but we were kind of those, uh, like not like the Easter only Catholics where you kind of go to church on Easter and maybe some other times, but like my dating experience in high school was a lot of, of me really wanting just to be in a relationship, not necessarily for any other purpose, but for selfish gain. You know, it, it was, it was, I didn't understand what it meant to be a man at the time. I didn't understand what it meant to be somebody who, who could really care care for and take care of someone. Um, so when I would look at a woman or at that time, I'd look at a, a girl in high school, you know, I'd say she's hot. I should go out with her. And that was it. Like that's, that's, that was the criteria in high school for me was if she was hot, I wanted to go out with her. It didn't even matter if we had anything in common is she was hot. All right. She, she checks the one box that I had on my list. As sad as it is to say that that's really how, how it was for me. And, you know, that's really what it seemed like for a lot of my friends at the time, too. It's it's we didn't really worry about, you know, getting to know each other's interests or things like that. And, you know, you just try to make it work. And obviously you're doing stuff you shouldn't be doing. And, um, you know, I, I look back on my dating time in high school with, with a lot of regret, you know, with a lot of with a lot of. Um, yeah, with, with a lot of regret. And, and, and uh, it's something that I really had to, you know, take to God and seeking forgiveness from the Lord and from Melanie for that, just because, you know, that it, 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 it makes me sad because the things that I participated in when I was in high school and, and even, even after high school, you know, before I was really following the Lord, um, those were all things that, that were meant for my wife that I was not able to give to her. That was my experience in high school dating. It was, it was a lot of selfish behavior, very much just lust of the eyes, you know, just looking at, at what, I could feast my eyes on. And that was it. Like after, after that, you know, like if you would ask me in high school, like, well, what's her character? Like, you know, like what is, what are her interests, you know, and, and how, what are her moral values? I, I honestly couldn't care less. You know, if, if she checked the one box that she was attractive then that was it. So that was, that was really where, uh, where I was at in high school. Yeah. And, and it's cool to see that contrast, you know, everything we've been talking about in regards to your dating relationship with Melanie and how different that was. It's awesome to see the work that God has has done and, and everything that he you know, has really worked out in, in you. And, and that's been a, such a blessing. Absolutely. And Melanie, so why don't you talk about a little bit regarding your high school experience? Yeah, I, um, I didn't date. Sebastian is is my first boyfriend <laughs> was my first boyfriend i guess i guess he still is he just got upgraded <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was my first relationship ever um and i am so grateful for that but in high school i didn't see it that way um i didn't date at all but it wasn't because i didn't want to it was more of a circumstantial kind of thing where 
there was really no one to date. Like I said, I felt led on a, more than a few times um, with relationships that I had as, as friends in high school. There was definitely like a, a longing for that. I, I wanted to date so much. I didn't necessarily want to date in my high school years, but in my high school age, because I was so eager <laughs> to um, get out of high school date, get married. I wanted to get married young. I wanted to have kids young. I wanted to be a mom and a wife. And that was the desire of my heart. So much so that I graduated high school two years earlier than I was supposed to. You know, my, my plan was to graduate high school, start dating through college, graduate college, get married and pop out some babies. Like that was my plan. Um, and obviously none of that worked the way that I wanted to. God had something so much better in store, but I, I spent a lot of that time, you know, by the time I graduated high school between the years of 16 and 18, um, really questioning God and asking him why God, is there something wrong with me? Am I unattractive? Am I just in my personality too big or too small? Like what's wrong with me? I tried, I tried, you know, changing who I was almost to try to fit like, okay, well, maybe if I'm a little bit more girly, oh, well, you know, maybe if I'm a little bit more masculine, maybe if I'm a little bit more aggressive, maybe if I'm a little less aggressive in the way that I talk, you know, or whatever, you know, just trying to be someone who in my mind was worth dating. That was kind of my mindset of, I, I spent a lot of time praying and, and crying and, and shouting at God and saying, why, like, why can I not date. And I remember, you know, I went to community college when I was 16. You know, I got asked out several times in community college by guys. Um, and I knew what the Bible said about that, like to not be unequally yoked. But I was just like, why is it that the guys at, at college can ask me out and the guys at church don't want anything to do with me? And I just remember being very um, you know, heartbroken. I think it caused me a lot of grief until years down the road, I realized that this was a blessing to be in a place where eventually I was able to channel that singleness and say, okay, God, I am undistracted. First Corinthians chapter seven and verse 32, Paul is talking about that he wishes that more people would be undistracted, able to serve the Lord in a way that's undistracted. Had I had things my way, I would have missed those years of being able to serve the Lord in high school ministry as a leader completely undistracted and untethered by marriage and by all those things. And so I definitely see that as a blessing. Again, in high school, I was impatient and I was excited to go into that next season. Um, but as an adult now looking back, I can see how God was preparing me and the things that he brought me through in those years of serving and being involved in ministry. I fell in love with someone who was also doing similar things, you know, because that's who he had for me. And looking at, again, the purpose of marriage, I see how we're able to serve the Lord in a completely different and new capacity now as a married couple. But we were prepared each in our own individual ways. God was preparing us for each other and what that marriage would look like. But yeah, I, I didn't date at all in high school. Um, I saw a lot of my friends date. Sometimes it was hard to watch that and be feel like I was one of the only ones left out. So uh, along with that, I mean, you, you're saying in, in high school, there was that heartache associated with not dating and, and having the desire to be in a relationship and having a desire to move towards marriage. 
even like you said, so much so that you accelerated your high school so that that wouldn't be a hindrance anymore. But I want to ask you in, in the midst of that, and you kind of touched on this, that there was that shift in perspective that came eventually where you saw how you being single and you having that that time uh, not being in a relationship was something that God could use and was something that he could use in your life. So I want to ask you, maybe even in those years when you weren't in a relationship, what are some of the unexpected benefits that came from it? Or looking back, um, what can you see is the value in that? I definitely think that it forced me to be really rooted and grounded in the Lord. Um, I'm grateful for the leadership and also my parents who encouraged me when I would be heartbroken, you know, or just sad about feeling like I was the only single person on the face of the planet, which was not true, but that's how (laughs) I felt. Um, And just pointing me back to the Lord and pointing me back to his word, pointing me back to his promises. I was able to really dig deep. And and I I love Ephesians 3, um, the end of that chapter where Paul is talking about his prayer for the church, that they would be rooted and grounded in the Lord and that they would be able to comprehend what is the width and the breadth and the height and the love of God that he has for his people. He ends that by saying, now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above everything we ask and imagine, to him be glory forever and ever. And I I remember there was a point where I was like, okay, if I am supposed to be married, if this is something that God has for me, even though it seems impossible because I'm looking around and these guys aren't going to ask me out ever. And the rest of the guys who are asking me out, I won't go out with them. Then God's going to have to do something incredible. And he's going to have to bring someone into my life in an incredible, unexpected way. And I was like, I'm just going to cling to that. And however long it takes, however, that's what I'm just going to, I'm going to rest in that. And in the meantime, I'm going to do what Paul says, and I'm going to serve the Lord undistracted. And so that was a huge benefit, I think, of not having dated in high school that, again, I may not have seen at the time, but again, in, in looking back, I, I definitely um, am grateful for that time to build a foundation of really good, solid relationship with him and going to him in those times of heartache, going to him and letting him be my comfort in that, in that season. I do also look at the friendships that he allowed me to build even the guy friends, you know, that I had in high school, I'm grateful for that because every single relationship that God brought into my life taught me something about the kind of man that I wanted to marry. I saw excellent qualities in a lot of these guys. And I said, that is something that I would like to have that I kind of prayed for. I was like, okay, I'm going to pray that, you know, one day my future husband has this aspect. And also like things that I was like, oh, you know, I, I see the the flaw there. and And that was good too, you know, just to be able to learn to go back to the word of God and say, what is, what is a godly man look like? And, and to see that lived out in some of the guys that I was friends with and see the potential there. I think it was really good too. And now looking back at my high school years, I'm glad that God spared me from a relationship that could have potentially led me to even more heartache than what I experienced by not dating. Yeah. I would encourage anybody listening in if you're in that same spot, take advantage of, of the singleness, take advantage of the time that you do have. There's a great opportunity to to spend your time single in high school and just 
seeking the Lord. And there's so many other things that you could spend your time doing in so many other places where you could put your energy and your time. But ultimately, that's going to be the best thing moving forward. And like Melanie said, that that's an investment in your future. And Sebastian, you mentioned that you had regrets in the way that you dated in high school and how that was, was apart from how you would eventually uh, date once you were a Christian. But I want to ask you, you know, were there lessons that you learned throughout your high school experience? And what are some things that you learned from that? It's hard to say that I had much lessons at the time coming out of it. Those lessons that I learned were more of after I started following the Lord seriously and um, just spending time in, in, in meditation in the word and looking back at, at my past and um, being able to to work work through those things with God and um, really take lessons out of it that, at that time. Definitely, definitely the, in my past relationships, seeing that they were they were mainly built on only physical attraction and not anything else. You know, I knew that if I wanted to have a relationship that lasted, I needed to not only find somebody that I was physically attracted to, I also had to find somebody who was of high quality character, you know, and that's what I found in Melanie, you know, finding somebody who is just character is so high quality, somebody who loves the Lord so much that it makes me realize like, man, like God's love is real. You know, seeing somebody who is uncompromising in their faith, somebody who who just uses God's word as like a lens to look at the world. You know, that's what was important. Finding somebody who was unwavering, somebody who was steady. You know, that's what I was looking for. And uh, I'm grateful that God put that in there. Yeah, it's awesome. So seeing that coming coming through the different dating relationship and seeing how that pointed you towards looking for somebody of character. I think that's, that's so cool. You know, if there are any guys in high school, take, take heed to that, you know, Sebastian, uh, you mentioned how you'd been down that path where all you thought about was physical attraction and all you thought about was how somebody looked. I think definitely you can speak into that. There's not a real fulfillment that comes from that. Seeking after somebody with character is going to be more important. You know, as we said before, there's a component where you also have, to check your own character. You have to check your own heart as you're entering into these relationships. Definitely don't, don't feel the peer pressure. Don't let the peer pressure of of needing to be in a relationship of, of needing to be with somebody like, don't, don't let that take over. Um, And remember, like, like I I gotta say it again, like character, character, you gotta look for somebody with good quality. That's of good quality because no matter how pretty somebody is, if you get to know that person and they have poor character, they could be the the most beautiful person in the world physically, but man, are they going to be ugly when you get to know them? Because physical appearance will always change, but character is what's going to count because character is what follows through. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I've said this before to the high school girls is look for a man who loves the Lord wholeheartedly. Look for someone who is completely sold out for the Lord because that even, you know, we're coming up on two years of marriage right now, and we've both gained quite a bit of weight <laughs> since we got <laughs> married. And if if we were with each other purely for the physical, our marriage would be in shame. I mean, we'd be getting ready to sign divorce papers right now. Like, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't maintain your weight. You lied to me. Oh, this no. is a deception. Like, just, just to, for reference... I gained 40 pounds since we got married and my suit does not even fit anymore. 
The suit that I got married in nowhere near fits me anymore. I'd need like elastic waistbands and I'd need like extra, extra like tummies, tummies area for my jacket. (laughs) Yeah. So the, the physical aspect, like Sebastian said, is going to fade, whether it's as quickly as gaining 40 pounds in two years of marriage or, you know, just over time, you know, wrinkles come out, stretch marks, like all that stuff is real. And it's it's a part of growing old together. And it's beautiful if the thing that is holding your relationship together is a common love for the Lord. Anything outside of that is going to fade and change. And that is going to be an an unstable foundation to a relationship, but a relationship that's built on a foundation of a common love and, and pursuit, a passionate pursuit of Christ above all else, even above the other person is going to last and weather the test of time. And, um, I, I think that that's huge and really important. And I think one challenge that I did face in, in high school, kind of going along with what Sebastian was saying about peer pressure and, and feeling like everyone had to be in a relationship was that um, temptation to change my standards, right? I did also, apart from looking at myself and saying, is there something inherently wrong with me? I did also think about, is there something inherently wrong with my standards? Are my standards too high by wanting someone who loves the Lord more than they care about me by wanting someone who is passionate about the same things I'm passionate about spiritually, I often wondered, am I just being too picky? And there's that temptation to lower your standards so that you can be like everyone else, to have a boyfriend and to not feel left out. That was always a huge temptation. And again, I thank God so much for my parents and my leaders who spoke wisdom into my life regarding that and who weren't afraid to, you know, verbally slap me around and say, no, what are you thinking? Like, don't settle. This is not what God has for you. Don't settle. And I'm so, so grateful for that. Um, so yeah, I definitely would encourage you if you're in high school and you don't have that kind of open relationship with either your parents or your leaders to allow them to speak into your life when it comes to relationships and to heed their advice Right. Don't just go shopping around for advice until you find the advice that fits your um, agenda. Right. Until they say, yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, find the solid advice that's going to point you back to the word of God and challenge you to not always do the easy thing and to not settle, um, to not lower your standards just because you want to be like everyone else. Definitely. Is there any other advice that you guys would give high school students trying to navigate this world of relationships, whether, you know, they're choosing to to try to date right now or whether they're desiring to date or whether they're choosing to just focus on the Lord in high school. Is there anything else that you guys would say to our students? I don't know. Just just don't settle. You know, just don't settle for less than the standard like Melanie was saying. Like, don't 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 lower your standards. Yeah, I think regardless of where you find yourself on that spectrum of relationships um, in high school, the most important thing is that you really press into the Lord. Take advantage of the time that you have in high school. Take advantage of the resources that God is placing in your life. Um, Build those relationships with your leaders that will extend beyond high school 
and build relationships and friendships that are solid um, with your peers that will um, continue to carry you through those next years. Um, I think back to my best friends now and the girls that speak into my life that are my peers. I met them my senior year of high school. And God has just, I mean, I've watched them all get married and, you know, have babies. And just like, it's been an incredible journey to get to see and witness that, um, what God has done in their lives and to see them, you know, continue to love the Lord. And so build those relationships with people who are solid, who are walking in the same direction that you are, who will have a place, like we talked about earlier, to speak into your life regarding the relationship, the the dating relationships that you find yourself in. And another thing I would add to that is that remember that you are an individual and you can't compare where you are to where someone else is, right? And God has a different plan for every single person because you are an individual. So fight the urge to compare yourself to someone else and to try to think that their story is going to be your story because it's it's not. And that'll save you a lot of heartache and a lot of grief. Um, and I say that from personal experience as a person who compulsively struggles with comparison. And I'm going to blow your mind right now. And I'm going to tell you how to definitively know that you have found the one for you is when you get married to that person. <laughs> that is when you know. And until you are standing before the altar and you're saying your vows and you're saying, I do treat that person first and foremost as a brother or sister in Christ and honor and respect them. um, Because you don't know that that is necessarily the person that God has for you until those rings are on those fingers. Just make sure that you're treating them with respect. And that is the last thing. So I can already hear people groaning because you were expecting me to tell them, Oh, this is the way, you know, yeah, that, that's the truth. <laughs> I, I got, I got one more thing. One more thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This was, this was brought up to me one time after I got saved. And this is, this is something that I've said multiple times before. And I just, I just want to reiterate it one more time. This is to all the guys that are here um, listening is that, you know, you're ready to date. In my opinion, this is my opinion, right? You know, that you're ready to date when you're ready to get married. There's a lot of responsibility that comes as a man in a relationship. And there's a lot. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Realize that as a husband... Right. You are responsible for the spiritual well-being of your wife and your home. And you have to answer to that. You will stand before God and God will ask you and confront you about how you led your home. That's the last thing I'm going to say is that (laughs) is that if unless if you're not ready for that responsibility, then in my opinion, you're not ready to date. And it's a huge responsibility. But when you are ready to take it, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Yeah, and that's that's great. I know um, the Bible does call men to a high standard, right, uh, about how they're supposed to lead, and, and you hit that definitely on the head. And, uh, you know, like, like Sebastian said, it's not something that's unattainable. If you're seeking after the Lord and if you're seeking to grow in Him, that's going to set you up uh, to be able to lead. Definitely, you know, when we talk about being ready to date, being not ready to, t- to date, dating, as we're defining it here, is being in an exclusive relationship with somebody 
moving forward towards marriage, right? So like Sebastian said, if you're not ready to pursue marriage, then you're not ready to enter into that kind of relationship. Doesn't mean you can't have friends. Doesn't mean you can't be friends with uh, guys or girls. Doesn't mean you can't learn, like Melanie was saying, through those friendships. Uh, But again, you have to guard your heart. You have to be um, seeking the Lord in the midst of all of that. So with that, Melanie and Sebastian, thank you so much for setting aside some time to be able to have this discussion and this conversation. It was great being able to talk with you guys. No, thank you. It was it was great. Yeah, this was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was cool being able to just have this conversation with the three of us. These are the kind of kind of conversations we want to be having here on the podcast. So as we continue to have these conversations, we'd love to hear from you guys who are listening in. If you guys have ideas or questions regarding what we're talking about here, uh, you can get in contact with us through Instagram at Committed Youth. Or obviously, you know, we're youth leaders. If you students are listening in and you have our numbers, feel free to reach out via text. So from all of us here who are having this conversation on the podcast and from everybody at Committed Youth, we want to say God bless and goodbye. Goodbye.